Hey there, skips and skipperettes, and welcome to all of you who've traveled here from across the vast wastelands known only as Internet Land. Today we have a great piece of skippertainment for you. Skipper Laura was one of the first four women to be trained on the world-famous Jungle Cruise. She's smart as a whip, has that special kind of funny and sassy, and is totally full of moxie. But I think that's a good thing. Let me let me bring up my Wikipedia for useless 1920s phrases. And yes, that is apparently a good thing. Uh, Laura sat down with us via Skype from the beautiful and green lands of Oregon, and she helps bring us some new perspectives on what it was like for the ladies of the time to join the boys club that was the Jungle Cruise, as well as helping us get a slice of the park as the Disney company was rising like a phoenix from the, um, well, like a phoenix from the University of Phoenix, apparently. So to everyone who is new to the podcast, who is joining us for the first time this week, welcome. Swing on over to Facebook for all the latest episode news at facebook.com slash jungle cruise. Our recording schedule now for the remainder of the year is going to be a little hit and miss. Uh, I know I spoiled you with weekly episodes all through the summer, but I'm getting married in just over a month. And between that and the honeymoon, it's going to be an interesting fall. Yep, that's right. Married. Sorry, ladies, I know how attractive a man with a successful money-losing podcast could be for you. But that's the way it is. Uh, Other than that, thanks everyone for listening and for passing us around. You guys are great. Here we go, everyone. Season 3, Episode 3, a little episode that I call Boobs, an insult to injury. Yeah, You'll find out why. Just listen. Okay, so no, we're going to restart. Cool, I'm, do it. I'm glad that I caught that early because I did a, um, I did an entire uh, recording of another podcast with um, it's a pair of custodial cast members who have a show called The Sweep Spot, and uh, we recorded a hour and forty five minutes where I was. Oh no! I was spot on. It was I was hitting my marks. I was funny. It was spontaneous, and uh, boom, nothing. So I had to re-record the next night, and I sucked. Oh, that sucks. That's so weird. That's a total Costanza, right? That's a total Costanza Absolutely. moment. Hey, yeah. hey, and you know, that, that's a callback to the Seinfeld comment that we had that was not recorded. Okay, okay. So we'll start this over, and you know, people may or may not you know hear it on that side. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to Tales from the Jungle Crude. Jungle Crude. Sometimes that was the case. Um, Tales from the Jungle Cruise, uh, season three, episode three. We're chatting tonight with the beautiful, and and I do mean that, the beautiful Skipper Laura, uh, who uh, I I got a chance to meet you at the Skipper, uh, the 951 Westside reunion. Yes. And we had a lovely chat, um, and uh, we, we got to enjoy in the bask in the aura that is uh, Skipper Chiefy. Yeah, oh, that is an amazing... You know, that reunion is so funny because we have it at a 
at a restaurant. We've had it for a few years in a row now. And we have it at this particular restaurant in Anaheim every year. And um, it's a large restaurant. And that night, you know, I book it what, nine, ten months in advance. And that night, there was another large party that was having a reunion. It was a high school reunion. Mm-hmm. And from what I gather of that high school reunion, you know, when they called ten months prior to make their reservation, mm-hmm. you know, there were contracts and deposits and expectations of certain sales goals being met with respect to food and drink and whatnot. And when I called, and I said, hi, you know, my, my name's Laura, I'm, a bunch of us get together, you know, we have a Disneyland reunion. When are you coming? What can we do for you? Because they remember what, how, how... What would you like? Well, because they know that, that Disney folks can throw down, and, and, and we, we can get our drink on just fine. So we didn't have to sign a darn thing, mm-hmm. and I found out later that night that the wait staff actually fought over who was going to be with us outside and who was going to be with the fuddy duddies at the reunion inside. Oh, absolutely. Appar- apparently, some of us tried to break into at one point, but that's. Just, uh, that's there, there were there were there were a couple <laughs> skippers who went in. They had a they had a buffet food situation in there. Oh, that's, uh, that's lovely. And there were at least two skippers I know of who went in and got their nosh on and brought out munchies. So. Oh, just delightful. We just got we just did some liquid calories, I think, on the patio. Which hey, is, we do well. We have it down to an art and a science. Well, you know, we're not kids anymore. We've learned how to drink. As I said uh, in the before we hit the record button, uh, I don't look at myself as a lush. I look at myself as a professional drinker because yes. you you have to have standards. You have to go to a certain level. Uh, we do. I don't know if you've had a chance. I know you've you've just recently come to the podcast silliness we do. We do a little thing called the Jungle Cruise Radio Plays, okay. uh, and it's it's old school radio style dramatizations of a story that, um, for legal reasons, I can't talk too much about. But it was going to be a Jungle Cruise comic book. Oh wow! Uh, like almost ten years ago, and I kept some of the script stuff, and you know, it never actually went anywhere. So. I took some of that and I wrote it into the story. But one of the things that I've I'd had discovered was that alcohol jokes are funny. So all five <laughs> episodes and the three more that we're recording at the end of the month uh, have a lot of alcohol jokes in there. Um, well, well, you know, to work at Disneyland and, and, and put on that shiny, happy face and to work, I you know, I look at what I did now. I look at the fact I, I – my – roommate Brandy Pogue who met her husband at Disneyland my roommate and I we we lived in Riverside both of us have undergrad degrees from UC Riverside and we drove to Anaheim we drove that god awful 91 freeway mm-hmm. and we would drive you know we'd work the grad night and have to be back 8 hours later yeah you know, um, so we were, and driving the 91 in the meantime which is like 3 hours of, <laughs> now no in, matter what time of day or night in the meantime now, in the era that you worked, and I'll just we'll fill in that blank because we saw on the other the thing when it didn't record. You worked yes. in that ninety ninety three to ninety seven range. Yes, um, that was my yeah. That now, was that, that was the good time. Now that era, let's just say maybe it was a little more lax with the the security and the things that uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't the well honed Disney machine yet. No. So no. you probably no. could have gotten away with certain things. 
I, I will say that there was a grad night that I pulled a, a, a short turnaround onto where maybe I slept overnight in the boat storage in the boats. <laughs> and just It was a lot of couch time in my world. May, yeah, there was a lot of couch time. Yeah. May, maybe I slept in the boat. I, You know, my memory is a little vague on that concept. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember more than once. You know, that was before DCA was there. We still parked. Mm-hmm. Right outside of what used to be Harbor House, you know, yep. we I, we 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 parked right out there, and may or may not have been more than one occasion where I got in my car and took a little nap. I don't yep. know. Went went ten seven for a while. Like it, it happened, yep. but we did it, and and you know, it, it part of that crazy. Nobody understands that schedule. Nobody understands except for a Disney person. Yeah. Nobody understands that schedule. Nobody understands why you would work until midnight on splash and then get up at five o'clock in the morning and go do canoe races. Yep. Nobody gets that, but a Disney person, these are, these are Disney people. So when we all get together in Anaheim every couple of years and our spouses, which you'll soon find out because you'll have one of them in the very near future, they all kind of huddle together in the corner for warmth, Yep. you know, and wonder what on earth all of these, people are talking about is it's those stories that you know only Disney people truly understand which is I think why your podcast is so successful because yeah. it's those stories that the, the Disney folk just get better yeah. than anybody you know the interesting thing is on the the spousal side and the dating side we have a theory and we've looked at this the couples that have been really successful and there's a lot of skipper skipper relationships we did a uh <laughs> We did a Valentine's Day. I, I had several skipper-skipper relationships. Yeah. None of them were long-term. But uh, well, but, you know, skippers <laughs> get skippers. I oh, mean, there's there's a level where there's that understanding and the sense of humor. And, you know, and it's a little bit like a war zone. It's a little bit like a fraternity. And when you're working 10-hour shifts, 12-hour shifts with people, <sighs> you know, and all you want to do – and you were at the era that, you know, because it was pre-DCA – you had things that, that I, you know, wish that I had in my time there. Like, you know, I went to some karaoke nights at Acapulco before it got torn down and turned oh. into a Mimi's, uh, be- before I was a cast member. Um, yeah. Acapulco love that. Um, but you know, there were, there were times before DCA went up where I would hear stories about people who actually could take a lunch break put on a jacket over their costume, run over to McDonald's, grab 20 or 30, 39 cent cheeseburgers, bring them back and feed their entire attraction. I have no knowledge of that incident. <laughs> I got so good at writing that on a statement. And then you ask your shop steward, but that's another blog. That's another podcast. Uh, yeah, we haven't, no, it was, we haven't it was talked a good much time. about yeah, the union thing. We haven't had much of a chance to go into, and that's okay. So, so yeah, so uh, 93 to 97, let's talk about that era because uh, we already have, but let's record it this time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that was um, a very singular era in in the Disney history because you were coming out of three years or so after Little Mermaid. 90, yeah. 93 would have been Aladdin, maybe? Yes, it was. Yeah. I mean, so you were post-Lion King. You you know, you you had started to see the Disney afternoon cartoons were starting to kick back in, you know, for the first mm-hmm. time. 
you had and, – and let's talk about Marsupilami because who the hell had a concept to have this cat-like thing with a tail that would become 20 feet long and swing? The Disney <laughs> artists were on drugs. That's the only thing I can say. But you, know, you, had, you had DuckTales. Um, I recommend that everyone goes and Googles scientifically correct DuckTales and watches that video because it's the funniest thing you will ever see in your life. Um, I'm so doing that. Oh, because it's 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 the guys from um, Fox Animation put this together, and it's it's the Ducktales song with real facts about ducks. Um, and there are things we've talked about on the podcast, like ducks like to gang rape female ducks in front of guests. They do. They do. Um, you know, and then you and have, back back in my day, back in my day, we had out on the river because you have to remember I was in nine five. I was New Orleans Critter Country yeah. back in the day. And and that was part of the merge. The merge was in 93, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had, the river had its, uh, had its ducks. And, yep. and old Diane on rats used to, she used to, she may or may not have, you know, smuggled the wounded ducks out and taken them home. Yep. And nurtured them and loved them. It was a, it was a very different, different time. We took our kids when we were down this summer we took our kids to Disneyland for the first time and I kept seeing people walk around with these pieces of paper and I didn't understand what it was. Mm-hmm. And they'd, they'd hand off these pieces of paper from one cast member to another. And then the other cast member would take said piece of paper and they would, they would walk away. And that would, that's how you get your break. Now there's Ca- some cast deployment <laughs> system. It's a mysterious, yeah. um, yeah, it's it, really what they did was I don't know if you remember at the Crystal Arcade there you have the thing where you put a quarter in and then you have that mystic fortune teller who would then tell you oh, your God, fortune. Oh yes. God, yeah, absolutely. That, that's CDS is like that. If what she did was told you where you're going to work for the next 15 minutes, um, so when you get that's your when you, when you come back from your break, it prints out a little slip that says go to this position, bump this person out, or send the bump down to the next person. So it's you know, it's a rotation, rotation kind it, of thing. And and this is, you know, and it all, the reason why I bring that up is because, like you and I have spoken about before, the, the 90s were a very, not defining, I don't think they were defining, maybe 20 years from now they'll be defining, but mm-hmm. the, the early 90s, when I walked into that place, yep. it was the beginning of what, what Eisner himself called the Disney decade. Mm-hmm. You know, Ron, Ron Miller, the son-in-law of Walt Disney, was gone. Yep. Dick Nunes was still kind of at the helm. Frank Wells died in 94. I remember the day that I went through Harbor House and we were told that Frank Wells had died. And it was it was that that old guard was gone. Mm-hmm. And Eisner and and his partners had these grandiose ideas of change. And Disney had survived, you know, attempts at hostile takeovers in the past. But I, I can remember that that era and Eisner coming in and he was, he was going to fix things. He was going to change things. And not that Eisner was the beginning of the downfall. I don't want to say that, but because what he did and Toontown opened under his watch, you know, the movie side exploded under his watch. Mm-hmm. It, you know, things happened. The Jungle Cruise Boathouse got fixed up. Well, and but that's, it, and that was the last, you know, you look at 95 because you had the opening of Indiana Jones you had um, not only the boathouse, but you had, you know, the changes in the river. Um, yeah. You know, you had 
uh, Toontown, but you also had the the birth of Disney as a global media empire for the first mm-hmm. time, and that changed that changed a number of things. You know, I think that it it created the wave that brought people into the park that eventually would. Um, you know, give rise to annual pass holders, you know, owning the park for a little while. Um, you know, you had a- all of this momentum that happened. And then there was a peak in about 92, 93, where Disneyland was great. And it was a lot of fun to work at. And it was a lot of fun for mm-hmm. the guests. And then you get into this this area where it almost gets too big. And California Adventure actually starts getting some momentum and you know it becomes a a resort and you go from having an off season to not having an off season you go from skippers being able to ham it up a little bit and have a good time to an adherence to the the script where they would damn near staple the page to your forehead oh my gosh to remind you you know and that there was a balance that was lost and that tipping point for me was around oh three oh four um, cause I went, I went back in like, oh, five to oh seven, somewhere in that ballpark. And it really was, was a, another change. It was just a very different, different animal by the time I went back for my third tour of duty. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that era that you were in the, one of the biggest things was that was, you know, that was right in the area of era of narrations. Right. And that, and I remember narrations very well. I also remember though, like like I told you, I remember people who wouldn't work with people because of the strike. Right. I mean, we're talking a strike in September of 84 and here we are in May of 93 when I'm hiring in, you know, squeaky clean, fresh face, ready to go. My mother worked at Disney, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when she was in college, she was on the other side. She was actually in Circle Vision when Pac Bell was the lessee. And this was my dream job as a kid. And here I've got my dream job. I'm I'm working at the plant. And yeah. I've got people who won't talk to each other on Mansion. Yeah. And, and the first by, ride I ever learned. And they the, won't talk to each other because it was a strike. By the way, humorous part about recording this via Skype, my brain had to stop and, and process that you said Circle Vision and not Stripper Vision. Oh, I know. I know. Because there was, because stripper vision was a totally different attraction, uh, and and should probably be somewhere down Harbor Boulevard. It was actually uh, Fritz's. I think Fritz's down on Harbor, <laughs> on the other side of the of the five. Um, so when you when you came in, um, so you learned Mansion. Uh, mm-hmm. What what other attractions did you know pre the '95 thing? Because I, I want to talk in depth about that, but it's, that's kind of a different discussion. But what else did you know when you, when you came in your pre jungle days? It was, it was everything on the West side, um, that I could have learned prior to the merge because back in the day, and I'm sure you've spoken about this in what, three seasons, but back in the day, um, there was adventure Frontierland in New Orleans, critter country. And in 93, they they merged into one. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I had learned everything I could on my side. And when this merge happened, most of us, you know, most of the gals, I don't know if I'll admit it, but back in the day, it was, we have, we now have access to a whole new dating pool of boys. A but whole comes, new world. Uh, totally. Here comes the fraternity because with very few exceptions, you know, there was, there was, there was Annie on Thunder. And, and Sue Barnaby 
and Aaron, who's Aaron, Aaron Brand back then, um, but Aaron, um, you know, there, there weren't too many gals right. in right. Adventure Frontierland. And here comes this merge, and look at all these boys. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was, that was, that was just, it was interesting to be part of that and see that merge and see, you know, we were really, by 95, you know, when Sue and Joy were the first two girls trained on Jungle as skippers, we were breaking up a fraternity. And there were a lot of people who didn't want to work with us. Uh, yeah. There were a lot of supervisors who didn't want to work with us. It was the integrity of the story. It was it was the integrity of tradition. It was, mm-hmm. you know, what, what are these chicks doing here? Chicks wouldn't take you around the jungle. Yeah. Well, because before we jump into that, because that's actually one of the, the main topics I want to talk about, um, let, let's talk about, um, a, you know, a slightly more important if you had your choice of a, a, a male eye candy, is it canoes or is it pirates? Which one do you think is the better way to go? Oh, it's canoes. It's canoes. The leather pants? Canoe. Oh, it, it's the fringe. Anybody yeah. looks good in fringe, honey. But it's, 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 it's the fact that you can take maybe, maybe not the cutest boy and put him in one of those canoe costumes and, oh, oh. It's it's a magical it's a well, magical transformation. Guys. And, and working working canoes, I almost wish I could go back and work canoes as a weight loss program, um, because oh, can, canoes keeps you in shape. <laughs> I know there was a taco truck that used to come during the summer, and it would park behind Bear Show and uh, Central Bear Jamboree, and it, it it would park back there and around about three four o'clock, and and you just the whole day of being out in the sun and paddling. And I'm pretty sure that that, that taco truck made money for the other nine months of the year in those three months of hungry canoe oh, bodies sure, sure. coming for anything that yeah. they could throw at them. Yeah, no, it was a good time. And that was actually an original concern of the park when they started doing gender, gender changes on rides. Mm-hmm. Is, are, the, are the chicks going to be able to handle this? The canoes and yeah, and and you did have a you did have some women with some larger um, biceps. Uh, that was you, know. <laughs> you weren't looking at the biceps, but God bless you for saying so. And as a matter of fact, the I don't know if they call them a leads now. Do they call them a leads? Are we talking are we talking about a body part or are we talking about no no we're not, in this because, day and age because I've know, looked, in 2013 I, yeah I've the, looked at a leads is a gal. Yeah, I've looked at many a leads in my I mean if that's what I'm we're talking about. Um, we didn't talk about it. No, actually, yes, um, it is a yeah, the, the, the A lead now on canoes is is a gal, Jessica, yeah. who works at the park. When I were, we may or may not have some naughty pictures one night on pirates together. You never know. You never know. Well, and that was happen. the before we flip to the talk about the whole gender swap, which you know apparently is paid for now by by Disney health insurance. Um, <laughs> but you know, we talked about guys. Did you feel sexier in a in a pirate's costume or a mansion costume? Because you know, they you know, they got rid of the bustiers and at pirates in like two thousand three ish. What do they wear now? I didn't notice. It's, we it's didn't a, go. My kids are young and they were scared of everything. So yeah, wasn't an option. No, know, the the vest no longer goes under the breast; it goes over the top of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So you lose the instant advantage that every woman had over men. Uh, yeah. Because even ladies that were maybe not at the top of their game in the appearance department, when you stick them in a pirate's costume, it it did things, things that were magical, things that would levitate. 
in places you wouldn't have levitation before. And it was a good costume and too sexy for Disney, apparently. So I, I agree. I, I the mansion dress though was was I think I, I think I filled out the mansion dress a little bit better. That was a it was a different mansion dress than the one they have now. Yep. It was it was it was a green polyester blend, and um, we used to Joy, who was girl two on Jungle Joy and I and and Brandy Stampy, who is now Brandy Pooley, also met her husband at Disney. We all had lockers near each other, and we used to coat them, coat those dresses with Bath and Body Works body spray because the pit sink was so bad in those dresses. It was one of those things they never really got out yeah. when they washed them over, you know. They were probably the original dresses from 1955, and they 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 were so bad that we would just cover ourselves. I think we went with black raspberry or something for several years in a row. It just it was which which is it very was, it it's was, very themed for the haunted mansion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, no, I was I was more of a mansion dress kind of girl. So much so that on my last day in the park, um, in my mansion dress, I, I may or may not have commandeered a raft and may or may not have driven it around the river in said mansion. May or may not. I have no knowledge of this. Yeah, I've forgotten so many things that that may or may not have happened to me, so. May or may not have happened. But yeah, no, it was, it was a, it was, it was, I was a mansion dress kind of girl as all 578 of my ex-boyfriends can probably attest. Yeah, how's that face? How's that Facebook going though? Are you, are you able to recapture some of that magic with the uh, official Skipper Laura uh, Facebook page? Are you getting a lot of the, the ex ex boyfriends are staying in touch that way? They, they do. You know, it it is it's kind of funny. I like I told you, it's like walking into a a Cookie Googleman festival when Laura walks into a Disney reunion. But you know, most of us are older now, and we all look back at that time yeah. so fondly because and, it really was an amazing time for all of us. Well, young and dumb, you know, and good looking and thought we were making tons of money on a on a Teamsters pay scale and and we had a good time. Yeah, and by amazing time. And by scale back then you probably were making quite a bit more money. So it's gonna be interesting. Um you know, I don't I don't know if you've been paying attention. California just passed a minimum wage increase that in the next three years is taking us to uh, to ten dollars an hour. Oh and uh, it it'll be interesting to see because you know the park prices are are ridiculous. Um, there, it's 127 bucks for a park hopper for single day now. Yes, it's freaking insane. Uh, so you know when they have to go through and bump some of the pay scales for cast members, that's going to be really interesting. Uh, because I think I want to say that when I started in the early 90s, it was what was 30 something bucks a day. There was only one part back then, obviously, but it was 30 something bucks a day. Yeah, which you know, not it, bad at that point. 60 bucks. It was no, it was, it was more than a lift ticket because when you were in the college program, they they told you that it was it was worth the price because if you divided it by eight, which was the average number of hours somebody stayed in the park, it was still cheaper than going to a movie. Mm-hmm. That was the logic back in the day. It was still cheaper than going to a movie because you paid, you know, eight nine dollars to go to a movie. Yeah. So when you divide it by by the hours, you know, when you think by about, the hours of time yeah, you spend there, amount, yeah, amount, no, of, it, amount of money per hour. Right. That was how the college program wanted to wanted to frame it, which was an amazing experience. That's how I hired in. I hired in with mm-hmm. the college program and just never left. Yep. Four years later. So yeah, no, but but uh, it was it was an incredible time. But at the same time, I think looking back on it. Like I said, breaking up that fraternity 
things that changed. I don't want to say it was the beginning of the downfall, but when I went back to the park this summer, and it was only the second time I had been back since I quit. I went back in 98 as they were breaking ground on DCA. And we took my niece in for her fifth birthday. And then I went back with my kids for the first time this summer. It was a very different place. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I'm saying different in a good way. Well, different. I think that I, well, okay. First of all, I, I want to throw this in. You may have been in the college program. I was in the dropped out of college program. And <laughs> when I was 30, that was the only, no, I, that's not, that's not true. Um, it is. It's a different animal even when I was there from 2001 to 2008. In the last five years, the changes in the park have been substantial. I think I think had you gone back in in 0305 around the 50th anniversary, you probably would have recognized the park to, to some extent. And I think California Adventure did have some changes. Uh, you know, the park that is now 12 years old. I don't I don't know how that happened. Um, oh, that's crazy. Well, I mean, let's talk that Nightmare Before Christmas just had its 20th anniversary. So, welcome. Did it really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and every goth kid is milking that. I think that, that I, movie, know, huh? that I was thinking. I was thinking the other day that if Tim Burton had been smart enough to get, like, a 2% merchandising credit on that thing, he would have made, like, $20 million just on... Percentage. I mean that that move. Someone told me that that movie, including the merchandising, is like it's over. It's over a billion dollars. I mean, it's got to be because the merchandising is what's killed on that thing. Yeah, I it's 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 amazing how. Thank God we haven't gotten any older because it's, yeah. it's amazing how other things have. Well, I I've, I've seen you and I, I you look like you're in a tie. I would have guessed that you were 28. <laughs> I would bless you. We should do. We should talk more often. We should. We really should. I was my. I I live up in Oregon now, and uh, being down in, being up in the land of no sun, coming down to California, I, we just we lived outside. So I think by the time I saw you, I was on week three or week four of California sun, and it it looked like Snooky from Jersey Shore had yeah. slugged me on the way to the reunion. I mean, I. I it was it was a whole level of tan that we don't want to talk to my dermatologist about. So it's, I, it's, it it was good. I, I am I actually grew up in in Spokane in Seattle and spent a lot of time in Portland Silverton actually. My grandfather's farm was in Silverton, in oh, Oregon. Okay. So I was all my summers were in Silverton when I was there. So, um, so I guess we've kind of talked around the subject. As as many people who are Disney fans uh, over time have, have talked about or who who know, up until a certain point, a lot of the attractions were were gender uh, assigned. So you had mm-hmm. uh, Jungle, which was guys only. It was a big guys club. There yeah, was it was a total fraternity. It was oh, beyond yeah. a fraternity. Oh yeah, absolutely. There, there was one prior attempt at integration, and as best as I can pin it down, it was seventy seven. And they had two ladies who were trained at Jungle, and from what I understand, the experiment lasted weeks. If, uh, yeah, and if, it was, if that. It yeah. did not go well. No, it did and, not go well. And I think it was more at that point. They were just seeing if it was something you know to even do. And once again, totally different you know culture around at that time. So you had this this thing that happened in '95, and I really think that it came down to. Um, that they felt 
Um, I think it's a workload thing and cross-training and, and all of those things. But I, I, I think it was the same reason that, that, they, that they took the guns out. I think that they just you know, fell to public opinion. Uh, whether it's right or wrong, I'm not making a judgment call, but I think that they just saw that the opinion on the public side was that women should be able to do anything men can do. Um, so you had uh, Jungle, which was a male-dominated. You had Tiki, which was all-female. The guys yeah. guys didn't know Tiki. Uh, you had Canoes, which were was an all-male. Um, you know, all of the, the ladies from the storybooks, uh, mm-hmm. which from what I understand actually were clones. That they were just blonde clones, you know. A couple was, of them still, a couple of my boyfriends. Yeah, they were blonde and pretty. Um, everything on the river was rafts. Uh, girls were allowed to work rafts, um, but the Twain and the Columbia uh, belonged to the boys. Yep. And um, yeah, it was it was it was a very interesting experiment. From what I have been told, it's. It did probably didn't start with this, but when Suzanne Barnaby, so legend has it, Suzanne Barnaby goes out to Orlando, goes on the Jungle Cruise, has a particularly phenomenal time on the Jungle Cruise, comes back to the plant and says, hey, can I do that? So I don't know if that, I, I can't confirm or deny that, but that, sure. and I would have, and back in the day, I would have I probably still would follow Subi off a cliff if she told me to because she was one of my idols back then. She was part of that generation that that when by the time I got there in ninety three, they weren't old timers because they weren't that much older than I was, but they, they had been there. They were they were the lifers. They had been there through mm-hmm. everything. So my my generation, I call them generations, looked up to them. Those were the original aliens that had been there, you know, from the beginning of time. They they, they were the amazing people that had seen so much and, and done so much. And I I will say flat out I love Sue, uh, Sue yeah. is amazing. Um, I will we will work out the scheduling at some point. We have just had this um, personal issues that have come up during the scheduling as far as trying to get her and me together for that. Um, and I, Tim Meltriger, I'm I'm going to get Tim on the show with with Sue. Um, and at some point I, I you know I. On my wish list, I'd like to. Get, I'm going to try to get Don Chapman on sometime soon too. Oh, uh, that's how you knew you had made it when, when as a chick. Yeah. There were certain there were certain unwritten, unspoken milestones as a chick. Yeah. On jungle, when you knew you had made it, when you knew that the fraternity was accepting you as much as they they could accept anything yeah. with breasts. It, it was it was it was it was when Chappie, you know. When Chappie gave you the time of day, that's when you knew you'd made it. Yep. yep. That, that would be amazing. That would be amazing to have Chappie on the show. Yep. I think that, that was, that it, was it, it was the same thing in my era. It was when it was when Jerry would ride your boat because he wanted to. <laughs> Not because he had to for his job side of it, but when he would just jump on the back of a boat, um, you know, and you would, by the end of the boat, you would get this begrudging grunt. Uh <laughs> And if he really, if he really enjoyed your your jokes, he would then tell you to never tell them again, uh, because they were yeah. probably not things that were supposed to be being told. Um, so you you had this this time now, the the training of of Joy and Sue was that did the training process happen after uh, Jungle came back up after the rehab, or was it was it was it prior to that? 
I don't remember. Now now you're 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 testing my brain. I yeah. I, I want to say I want to say it was before I say that hesitantly. I, I want to say it was before. Um, I just remember the day that Joy and and Sue went in, and it, it, what a big deal it was. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, they're they're gonna go because at the at the time, I mean, Sue and Sue did a lot in terms of milestones for girls, but some of them weren't you know, as big as getting cross-trained on an attraction that was all men. You know, she got us eyeshadow. She lobbied for eyeshadow. She, she, I think she lobbied against nylons under storybook skirts at one mm-hmm. point. You know, she, she was our trailblazer. Yep. So when, when, just when you thought she couldn't be outdone, there she goes getting trained on Jungle Boat, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it did. It was before because I remember when it came back up, we had the indie costumes. Yep. So I, I remember wearing the old and then that not so flattering culottes. Thing. Yeah, the culottes were really hit and miss. For some people, they were great. Um, I love mine. My pair of culottes were amazing. Um, <laughs> well, you definitely have the hips and ass to pull it off, darling. Hey, ha- ha- having having said that, I I do believe that I'm the only Jungle Cruise skipper uh, on either coast to work an entire shift in a kilt. So. I, I brought that, in my, is, that is fantastic. I brought in my full tartan one day, and I wore the indie uh, shirt and the jacket over the top of it, and uh, had a manager ride my boat, and didn't say anything, and uh, I knew it was going to be a one-day thing, and it was it was pretty magical. So that the the only amazing thing I ever did was participate in work with your fly down contest on Thunder. Tim Meltrigger would the contest where you you'd work with your fly down and see how long you could go before anybody said anything. And that's the extent of my awesomeness with wardrobe. Oh well, I'm sure that there was great awesomeness in general with you. There, there was well again we filled out that mansion dress well. But yeah, no, it was it was but I remember when Sue and Joy went in and then Kim Kim Dahl and I, who's Kim Vandervoort now, but Kim Dahl uh, and I were, were three and four, respectively. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I don't know why, I don't know why we got sick, but for for me, it was, at that time, it was just because I knew, I knew I could bring the funny just as well, as good as the boys. Oh, well, you, well, yeah, you've got, you've got the personality that I, because you know, we've talked about this discussion at length, which is that women on jungle a have a a bum deal as far as the reputation about it but mm-hmm. more importantly your style is limited because you can either do slightly ditzy or you can do um but you can't do deadpan you can't do dry humor because it comes off bitchy no. it's so it bitchy. totally like you bitchy. Said, there's a fine line between bitchy and funny yeah. And it, 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 it's very, it's very true. And, you know, just a word of, of love and advice to, to all of your podcast universe. The, the next time you go on the jungle boat ride, you get a boy, you get a girl, you, you get a hamster, you, whoever you get as your skipper, just laugh. Even if you don't mean it, for God's sake, just laugh. Yeah. Because it's just, it is, as I learned to find out, later on down the line after the the romance of training and awesomeness wore off. It is it is a hard 
hard gig in terms of of that park. It is it is hard to bring the funny. Well, and it's thirty times in a row. Yeah, and when you're doing yeah thirty two shifts, thirty two trips in a day. It's yeah. a, it's an emotionally trying thing for you, and it's one of the reasons why for a long time Jungle wasn't policed by management as tightly as they are, because I think management understood that it was it was a, a drain. You have to amuse yourself. You have to go out there and have fun with your fellow cast members. If you go out there and you just do an SOP run the entire day, you walk out of that shift with no soul. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're you're gnawing off your own ears, so you don't have to listen to yourself talk. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now did did you ride? Did you go on jungle when you went down with your kids? I did, I did, and we sat in the middle. Yep. Um, of the boat, and he he was tired, but you know what? We laughed anyway, and I told my kids because we waited in line for a while. Yep. For for jungle, and which which isn't isn't that a bizarre thing? Because the only time there were lines at Jungle up until like '05 uh, were when Indy was down, or when mm-hmm. Thunder was down, or when Absolutely. Thunder and Indy were down. Uh, it's basically whenever there were large attractions that were down, we get that radio call, you know, uh, Splash Mountains 101, and you just get this. I'll go open up the upstairs queue. Oh my gosh, it was insane. It was crazy. It was, but it was, it was funny to wait in line. The whole queue was open. All yep. upstairs was open when, when, which gave me an opportunity to explain to my kids my glory days at nauseum, which I'm sure they wanted to jump off the second level by the time I was done. But yep. it was, it was, it was interesting to, it was interesting to see that ride at full capacity with bigger boats. Mm-hmm. You know, because they had, I. I the boats were smaller, I think. Yes, they were. They were. They were. They were thirty. Yeah. They were thirty-five prior to the uh, indie revamp, and right. they, they were forty-eight people afterwards. So. Yeah, they were. They were bigger. And they. they and it was. And they pack them in, man. They pack them in. Those those so boats. Those boats steer like a cow. They accelerate like a cow. They stop like a brick rolling down a hill. They, and that was my that was my biggest fear when I got trained. I just remember, I remember not wanting to six shot a boat, not wanting to. I I didn't care if I had a medical. I didn't care if I had anything else on. The, I could I could no. done it back to the dock if I had a four shot. But if I had a six shot, if I had derailed the boat, I felt like I was failing women as a as, yeah. a, as a species. I felt like I was failing them because See, I, I couldn't handle the boat. See, but the six shot, it's it, for my argument is most of the six shots, a lot of them were either mechanical or they were jungle debris, which I don't see as a skipper issue. Yeah, there are some skips because you were talking, you're talking about boats before they had the governors put on. Right. So they had a lot more oomph those first years before you. Okay. Yeah, because you could really like rev the hell out of them, and you could hit the S curve, and you could derail a boat. Now. You could. Now you can't get them that fast. You know, you can't take a six, I'm sure you could take a six minute trip, but it's, you know, it's, it would be tough to, to really crank it around the jungle with the, the speed regulators in place. Really? Um, I, oh, I used, oh. I used to, to say that, that that was the only effective governor that we had in California were the ones on the boats. <laughs> I don't know. Moonbeam's doing all sorts of great things for you guys. Hey, higher higher minimum wage. Now if he can just reform yeah. the pension system and 
you know, get the prison situation under control, we'll we'll be in a better place. Um, yeah, we don't we don't we don't pump our own gas in Oregon. No, we don't have sales tax. So everyone, come up here to the land of no sun. But yeah, no, it it was it was I was so terrified, and I know at the beginning there were times where I was so. I was so concerned, you know, and I was, I'd gun it and somebody would be gunning it on the other side of the falls. And I'm sure there were a couple of times where I, I probably, I floated a little too high, a yeah. little higher than I should have, but I, I never, never, never did, never did. Six, but yeah. apparently the guns aren't there now. No, the guns. So you don't six shot anymore. Uh, the guns, the guns are there. But are they the real ones? Yeah. With the real, with the same, same set of. Well, it's not real. No, it's, it's, it's you know, it, it is a different ammunition type. Um, okay. I mean, the short answer was in the early 90s, uh, there was a group called PETA, which is the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animatronics, yeah. who, who <laughs> had an issue with us taking fake guns in a fake jungle, which for a lot of us was a fake job, uh, and shooting uh, the, the fake guns at the fake animals. Uh, there were there were a lot of things that went into the decision to pull the guns out, but for about you know three years or so, they the guns were gone. They came back, and as far as I'm I'm they're back as far as I know. So that that was my first time ever holding a gun. Yeah, it was my first time. The first time I got handed that, it was my first time ever holding a gun. It was yeah. kind of surreal, and and the whole story of why you need to protect this gun with your life. Yep, because somebody might try and take it from you and. Rob a bank with it. Yeah, no, it was. It. Which <laughs> it I, was, yeah, it was crazy. Well, and then there's the whole safety aspect because you don't want anyone pulling a John Eric Hexum and uh, wow, oh, for sure. Wow, there's I know huh? there's a there's a reference that dates me. Voyagers. I loved Voyagers. Was a it was great a show. It was a good show, but yeah, no, it was it was um getting trained on that ride mm-hmm. was I was so scared of screwing up. Yeah. And I so desperately wanted to be funny. Um, well, and you and, so and, and you and so desperately wanted, laugh. yeah, you so desperately wanted to open up the the doors to another dating pool. Uh, I, I mean, that was the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. who was going to pay for my my fried mozzarella sticks with Denny's later? I mean, come on. Yeah. You that, don't wanna, you don't look- That's the first half of our sit down with Skipper Laura. Make sure you join us next week for the conclusion of our time with her here on Tales from the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> <laughs>